Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato for MediaMonarchy.com. There has been duplicity, contempt, and lies. We've got that story, plus hilarious scenes from Hellscape. But first, shock report shows U.S. defense contractors wasted trillions through fraud and corruption. The newly released Profits of War report from Brown University shows in staggering detail the full extent of the corruption unleashed by Washington's drunken sailor defense spending during the 20-year war of terror. Hey, the Afghanistan war is about to turn 20. I guess that's why they had to... They didn't want to see all the news stories saying Afghanistan turns 20, so they had to cut and run, I guess. This report, Profits of War, notes that since the start of the intervention in Afghanistan in October 2001, Pentagram spending has totaled $14 trillion, with the U.S. war budget increasing between 2002 and 2003 by more than the entire military spending of, of course, any other country. Between one-third and one-half of that total was pocketed by defense firms, which provide logistics, reconstruction, private security services, and, of course, weapons. Along the way, some of those contractors habitually engaged in questionable or corrupt business practices, including fraud, abuse, price gouging, and profiteering. Pretty sure there's human trafficking and drug running, too, but, James, I have not gone through the full Profits of War report. Wartime conditions meant standard contract processes were circumvented. It's an emergency, you guys. Bidders, bids, subsequent delivery weren't subject to significant oversight. Again, if any of this sounds vaguely emergency familiar. So fleecing the pentagram was extremely easy, particularly for the experts at it, the well-connected companies with revolving door government ties. And you know, the usual suspects, Lockheed Martin, Boeing, General Dynamics, Raytheon, and Northrop Grumman, in recent years have been awarded between a quarter to a third of all Pentagon contracts. Surely no coincidence that four of the five past U.S. defense secretaries previously worked at one of those big five. And as we jump to present day war ons, which we have to now use as a term, in 2019, the National Defense Strategy Commission published a scaremongering report which proposed three to five percent annual growth in the Pentagon budget to address the purported threat of checks notes, China. Ever since that fear-mongering report, those figures pretty much become kind of the mantra for hawks in government, think tanks, and media. As the report notes, nine of the 12 members of the commission had direct or indirect ties to the arms industry. We will, of course, include a link to the PDF, Profits of War, Corporate Beneficiaries of the Post-9-11 Pentagon Spending Surge, and we'll include the China scaremongering one from 2019, evaluating DOD strategy, key findings of the National Defense Strategy Commission. And who could forget that classic from May 12, 2006 on MediaMonarchy.com, DynCorp Halliburton sex slave scandal won't go away. James? Classic. Yeah. Well, it's a good callback or an appropriate callback, shall we say. Um, and... I think that goes to demonstrate the point that for people who have been paying attention for the past couple of decades, this report is hardly groundbreaking news, but I think it is relevant for a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, hat tip to Ryan Christian at Last American Vagabond, which is where I first heard about this report, and I think he accurately teased out the significance of this report at this particular time, more on which in a moment. Um, but I, I'd just like to draw people's attention to some of the things they point out in here in case you haven't been following this story for the past couple of decades. Um, there is 
some very important information in here. For example, they do um, go on to talk about how Dick Cheney, when he was Bush Sr.'s defense secretary at the Pentagon, he awarded a contract to uh, Kellogg, Brown, and Root for $3.9 million to determine so that they could do a feasibility study. Would it be a good idea if the Pentagon used more contractors like, oh, I don't know, Pen- Kellogg, Brown, and Root? And surprisingly enough, they said yes. Yes, Mr. Cheney, that would be a good idea. And then he leaves uh, as Secretary of Defense when Clinton comes in and goes to work for Halliburton, the parent company of KBR, of course. Becomes the CEO, runs that business for a while, then gets back in as Vice President under Bush Jr. and starts to use Halliburton and KBR and give them wildly, amazingly lucrative contracts during his tenure there. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. That's how the game works. And it does go on to talk about some of the just, I mean, there's abuses and egregious abuses, um, overcharging for everything, fuel and food and what have you. But there's also things like um, the fact that multiple uh, uh, um, combat uh, personnel were electrocuted because of wiring problems in various buildings that were constructed by KBR, including uh, Staff Sergeant Ryan Masseth taking a shower in one of these facilities that had been constructed by KBR in a facility that KBR had inspected and determined there were potential issues in the construction, but it wasn't in their contract to fix those issues, so they didn't. And Staff Sergeant Ryan Masseth ends up dying, electrocuted in the shower. Um, Other such things like this. But I have some bad news. If you haven't been paying attention for the past couple of decades, maybe you're just waking up because of the scandemic, you have a lot to catch up on, and it gets a lot worse than this. Um, For example, it's not just these trillions in overspending and and waste. It's also the missing trillions, as in 24 trillion. I don't know. What's the number now? Who knows? However many trillion of unaccounted funds um, have disappeared from the coffers. And if you do need to get up to speed on that, I'll throw a link into my work on that subject over the years. Not only my documentary on 9-11 trillions, Follow the Money, but also my conversations with Catherine Austin Fitz and Dr. Mark Skidmore, um, going down that trillion dollar rabbit hole, multi-trillion dollar rabbit hole. And the fact that now it's actually legal for them to just not, they don't have to keep books anymore. They literally, they've made it into the law. They, they can do whatever they want, and who knows? And they can print anything amount they want and do anything they want with it. Anyway, um, but it gets even darker, as you say. Child sex trafficking, drug running, I mean, you name it. And that's, of course, not going to be in these types of reports. But here's the real, I think, the real significance that ties these threads together to our current time, is that clearly this report is politically acceptable at the moment. It is okay to hate Northrop Grumman and Lockheed Martin and KBR Halliburton and all of these companies, because, of course, these are filthy, blood-seeking war profiteers. They're horrible, despicable corporations that only care about their bottom line. These damn capitalists would sell their own grandmother for a buck. But try to do a similar report on Big Pharma at the moment. Try to say anything about Pfizer or J&J or, or Oxford, AstraZeneca, or all these wonderful organizations that have done nothing but happiness and rainbows for humanity, and they just care about you. What? There's a profit motive there, too? And the fact that they're making 
absolute record profits on the back of this emergency situation. No time to wait. No time to question anything, guys. Just throw money at them. Throw money at them. And if you question it, you're you're un-American. You're unglobal, whatever they want to say in this particular emergency. And here's here's the story that I think ties it together in a way that paints the picture. James, what do you and I usually cover on New World Next Week, or at least we mention every single year around the 9-11 anniversary, we note dot, dot, dot. Well, you already said the, the missing trillions. Yes, but, but that it was we the... note that the puff, puppet in chief in the Oval Office signs a little thing that says the 9-11 emergency is still ongoing, right? Every year we note that. We forgot to do that this year, but... I will throw it in the show notes. Notice on the continuation of the national emergency with respect to certain terrorist attacks from September 9th, 2021, Joseph Biden uh, putting his uh, John Hancock on. Because the terrorist threat continues, the national emergency declared on September 14th, 2001, and the powers and authorities adopted to deal with that emergency must continue in effect beyond September 14th, 2021. Therefore, I am continuing in effect for an additional year, the national emergency that would blah, blah, blah. Yep. Uh, uh, Look, do you see what happened 20 years ago? We need a national emergency and we need these special emergency powers to be renewed every single year. And they've got to sign it every single year. And they do. And guess what? Guess what was signed on February 24th of 2021? A letter on the continuation of the national emergency concerning the coronavirus disease 2019 pandemic. Joseph R. Biden putting his name to it. There remains a need to continue this national emergency. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to cause significant risk, blah, blah, blah. It's the same thing. It's the same agenda. We've talked about it before. This is not new, but let's drill it home. Homeland security to biosecurity and the trillions that we are now allowed to be outraged about, that we even know about, um, with regards to the last scam that played out, now we can talk about that and we can direct our ire at those companies. The one that is currently playing out, you will be censored off the face of the planet and probably thrown into a camp and you probably deserve it, you horrible, unclean person, if you so much as raise a question about the current scamdemic. So... There you go. I think it ties quite nicely into what's going on right now. And uh, just I just want, if there's anyone out there who hasn't actually brought that to the forefront of their consciousness, do it now. Look at what you're allowed to criticize about the past, but not allowed to criticize in the present. And that should tell you everything you need to know about how this scam is being run. And what cheerleaders they bring out to cheer or jeer against something, depending on what they're trying to push. That's the thing to point out to the poor sucker two-party illusionists. That's right. Obama signed the 9-11 Bush terror emergency, just like Biden continued it after Swamp Thing signed it. Lather, rinse, repeat. They are Coke and Pepsi again. Forgetting the idiot two-party system here in the States is a real great first step to just getting rid of the illusion entirely. And you talk about, you joke, we joke about getting put in camps. But there was the story several months back about the PBS lawyer who said, those Trumpers, they need to be put in re-enlightenment camps. Re-enlightenment, oh, that makes it okay. Colonel Sanders will be there for you. But back to the military You're talking about literally dudes getting 
electrocuted to death in these facilities or, God forbid, coming back with Gulf War syndrome, whatever golly gosh that could be. They run their mouths about our brave men and women that you can go see laying in their own filth out in your streets because they do not care. All right, uh, that's segment one of New World Next Week, episode 460, and it leads perfectly into our second story. Are the U.S. and China stumbling towards an islands war? We grabbed this one from the fine folks at antiwar.com because we still need to have some anti-war. In a diplomatic coup, Prime Minister Scott Morrison announced a deal last week with the U.K. and U.S., to have those Anglo-American allies help build a nuclear-powered submarine fleet for Australia. A $66 billion French deal to provide Canberra with diesel-electric-powered submarines among the largest defense contracts Paris had ever negotiated. Blown off. A stab in the back! A stab in the back, said Foreign Minister Jean-Yves Ladrian who had been kept in the dark on the secret talks. Yeah, even foreign ministers of important world-class nations are kept in the dark when it comes to military-industrial complex. There has been duplicity, contempt, and lies. And the worst, Ladrian compared President Joe Biden to former President Donald Trump, as we continually do here on Neural Next Week. President Emmanuel Macron recalled his ambassadors to both the U.S. and Australia. In two centuries of U.S.-French diplomatic relations, no such recall had ever occurred. What does this mean for the Australia First submarine deal? Canberra, which has sought to steer a middle course between its great customer China and its great ally America, is coming down on the side of USA in the rising great power quarrel. This AUXUS partnership, A-U-X-U-S, says Beijing will severely damage peace and stability in the Indo-Pacific, and Beijing is demanding to know whether Australia regards China as a partner or threat. Check one and hand it back to me after class. This new clash comes as China is using its military to speak for its claims to islands and islets hundreds of miles off the coast. Several Chinese claims collide directly with the territorial claims of neighbors who are longtime U.S. treaty allies for whose territory we, whoa there, you got a mouse in your pocket, that the U.S. is committed to fight. I, like we talked about last week, I never signed a damn thing. Beijing fumes over new U.S.-led arms pact, Australia aspiring to be enemy of China and anti-China superpower. James? Uh, this is, I mean, a, a telling story in a lot of ways, not only because this feeds into the narrative that, I, I mean, I've been talking about on the record for years now that this is the boogeyman for the 21st century. This is going to be the Cold War 2.0 until it turns hot war. World War III is a real prospect, blah, blah, blah. I've said a lot about that in the past. This is a continuation of that. But actually, it ties nicely into the previous story because uh, France recalling its ambassadors from US and Australia is, that's a huge, huge move. That's a big, big, big diplomatic move. In fact, the, the, the most severe break in diplomatic relations between France and the US in 200 years. I mean, that's a, that's a huge, huge, huge thing that just took place. And why did it take place? 
because uh, because Australia broke our you know a sixty six billion dollar deal with us. It was about the I mean it's about the dollars. It's about the money uh, at the end of the day. It's about the contracts, which is what this is. I mean that's one of the layers of this scam. I don't think that the money layer is the fundamental layer of this. That's not why the scandemic is happening. It's not why World War Three is being prepared. But it is a layer of that uh, cake, I suppose, that they're baking in their murderous ovens. Um, it is it, absolutely there. I mean, in every way, they're they're dialing up the, the the heat and the pressure on this. And I'm certainly feeling that in Japan, as I was just talking about on Questions for Corbett a couple weeks ago, talking about what's happening in Japan. I did note. That they're, yeah, now Japan is going to buy a bunch of F-35 flying jalopies and you know, plow uh, money into the biggest defense budget they've ever had because because China. So China obviously is the, the great foil that is needed for the military-industrial complex to continue expanding even as they're, they're withdrawing from Afghanistan. Peace and sunshine, everybody, right? No, actually, they're just prepping for the next big war, which they have been for a long time. So that's... I mean, it's it's a worrying situation, and there is normalcy bias that can slip in here with people saying, "Ah, it's all it's all smoke and mirrors, and nothing will ever happen." I'm sure that's what they were saying in 1913, 1938. You know, ah, it's all smoke and mirrors. Don't worry, nothing will happen. Um, no, sometimes they do, and they will push this if they need to. And uh, so keep that in mind. Obviously, I have a lot more to say about this. A lot of what I was going to say was unfortunately derailed by the scandemic of the past year and a half, but hopefully I can return to this extremely important subject that is going to occupy our attention increasingly over the course of this decade of change that they are trying to thrust on us. So, um, so an important story that ties, I think, directly into the previous story. Well, and it'd be interesting to try and go through all the all the years of history and play the game versus oh it'll never happen versus how did you let this happen and as you know i mean they print the money it's essentially it's all about power and of course what better way to sort of fake show your power than big weapons of war hey the good news is james looks like maybe japan and us are actually going to be friendos in in world war 3 that's that's so far the way things are looking and have we have we and i know it's been probably a couple years now We've talked about the South China Seas and some of those islands. Wasn't that some of the earlier disputes when it was still Trump era, I think? Uh, speaking of arms races, I also hit this related story on my last Monday's Morning Monarchy. Anti-war voices blast Biden over absurd $500 million Saudi military contract. Yeah, he thought Biden was going to end the war on Yemen. Our third and final story this week is all kinds of this week in pushback, but it begins pretty deadly seriously. Chaos in Australia as construction workers violently protest vaccine mandate outside union headquarters. A violent, pro did we mention it's violent? A violent protest against mandatory COVID-19 vaccination erupted outside of a Melbourne trade union office on Monday after it was announced that construction workers would have to be vaccinated to continue to do their jobs. Again, you might see this using the term tradies. Protesters wearing high-vis construction clothing smashed windows, chanted, we are union and F the jab, threw projectiles at the Construction, Forestry, Maritime, Mining, and Energy Union headquarters. Union officials attempted to barricade the doors like those little Congress critter wieners in America. 
and used a fire extinguisher to spray demonstrators from inside. Others tried to defuse the situation, waving their hands in the air and shouting for those engaged in the violence to stop, but to no avail. Melbourne riot police, of course, eventually turned up to the scene and approached protesters in formation carrying shields, batons, and guns. Please, let's cue video of Aussie state thugs beating and macing a 70-year-old lady for some reason. As we've said before, we'll say it again, people doing this in history have never been the good guys. Meanwhile, U.S. Republicans call for sanctions against Australia over police treatment of protesters, which would be pretty interesting if it weren't so hilariously, of course, contradictory and hypocritical. Meanwhile, in the States, really, I mean, the only violent thugs at our rallies are undercover cops. We will include hilarious scenes from the failed federal entrapment rally at McCrapital this last weekend in D.C. And the point where, as we've said, as you've made pieces about, sometimes you just got to laugh at tyrants and the memes from all these Obviously, cops infiltrating groups like we've talked about in the previous 15 years. You can sometimes notice them by their military issue boots that they don't forget to, you know, don't remember to, to, to trade out. But the memes of the feds in D.C. last weekend are pretty great. Uh, only feds is maybe one of the best ones. And again, imagine if they would have looked for violent undercover feds at the Capitol eight months ago. We might not be in this situation right now. Might not. Meanwhile, on around Hellscape pushback, Dave Mustaine of Megadeth calls pandemic medical tyranny on stage in New Jersey. And I should mention my man Rob in legendary punk band Total Chaos says not all the punk bands have sold out. They've got unvaxxed, unafraid shows hopefully coming up in January and February with fellow never sold out punk band The Exploited. Your Hellscape pushback simulation timeline also includes... NFL firebrand Cole Beasley responds to vaccine passport mandate. Buffalo Bills star Cole Beasley, perhaps the most prominent anti-vax voice in the NFL, the wide receivers doubled down on his recent notoriety by offering unvaccinated fans free tickets to away games because he can't pull it off in the overvaxed Buffalo, New York. And finally, globalist elites thinking that they have full control over all of us and entertainment and culture. Say hello to Big Boobed Rapper Lady, a.k.a. Nicki Minaj was right and all the world's so-called experts were wrong. Nicki Minaj's swollen testicles tweet, which will include all the information, of course, in your show notes, globally mocked by big pharma dealers, your mainstream media prostitutes, and of course, don't forget your idiot friends around the world, but it's all right there in the VAERS database. There are line items for increases in post-vaccination menstrual disorders and, yes, testicular pain and swelling. James, quite the hellscape, and it's not even close to Halloween yet. Yeah, no, no, you're right. But, uh, yeah, you you raised the specter, so let's put it on the table. Yeah, it's cry at hellscape or laugh at tyrants. And, I mean, at this point, I think we have to understand that things are so crazy that I think they want us to try to rationalize things, rationally work out what's happening, rationally dispute every lie that they're trying to shove down our throats. But it's gotten so over-the-top, self-parodying ridiculous that I think that might actually be not so helpful 
at, at this point. I think we do need to laugh at the emperor wearing no clothes more heartily than we have in the past and refuse to engage them in their little mind trick games of trying to gaslight us into believing, not believing what is evident reality right in front of our eyes. And, uh, you know, <laughs> what a strange situation, but props to Nicki Minaj for sticking to her guns, you know? I never <laughs> never thought I'd be doing that on New World Next Week, but why not? Yes, it's interesting to see the people who will call out things that they can evidently, they can see, they know is happening in their own lives and they will not be gaslit by other people trying to shame them into not talking about self-evident reality. I think we can learn something from that and hopefully model it for other people. I mean, it's it's been interesting. Some of our non-GMO friends from back in the Portland, Oregon days. Actually, one has been hanging around and visiting down here in the Southwest because if you haven't heard... Pacific Northwest went ape poopy and they're looking for other places to kind of run around to. Interesting thing. I mean, what's turned upside down just in all of this, James? And again, you know, we try and still have discussions with our friends and family, but in some ways, again, it's almost like we. Can you give me one link that explains your decades of research? Oh, wait, I don't like that source. That's basically what we're put into. So as we start to wrap up this New World Next Week episode 460, James, can I say it? We didn't talk about it before we started to tape. Can I do it? Can I announce it? Let's do it. <laughs> NewWorldNextWeek.com. Finally. Now, okay, I've owned NewWorldNextWeek.com for probably sometime over a decade. For the longest time, it basically was a static page that just had links to my feed, Corbett's feed, you know, the YouTube embed and all those other things and platforms that we have been kicked off of. We have relaunched NewWorldNextWeek.com as just a good old classic store. And the first three items up on NewWorldNextWeek.com are the Media Monarchy New Time Radio presentation, the Octopus Radio Play that we made for the 30th anniversary of the death of Danny Casolaro. The deluxe digital download of Media Monarchy's Octopus Radio Play is now on sale along with not one but two, Corbett Report DVDs, Who is Bill Gates, and the 9-11 Trillions and 9-11 War Games, James, which is, sorry, Bill Gates, I guess you're just totally 2020. People are more interested in the 9-11 DVDs, James. Yes, uh, yes, absolutely. NewWorldNextWeek.com. And let's let's let people know about a couple of things. First of all, Corbett Report members do get a 25% discount on my DVDs. Um, if you want instructions on how to do that, you're going to have to see the subscriber exclusive video that I included in the subscriber newsletter this weekend. And as always, if you are a Cor Corbett Report member, an active paying subscriber, and you don't know what the newsletter is or how to access it, or blah, 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 just get in touch with me and we'll get you set up. Having said that, now, keep in mind, we are not Bezos Amazon. We're not some sort of, you know, international drop shipping anywhere in the world anytime, any second. We are literally a couple guys doing this by ourselves. So it will take weeks for you to get your order. And we're still working out the bugs and we don't know. I don't know how this is going to work. So please keep that in mind for the moment. Yes, it's only two DVDs and the uh, the radio play. There will be more in the future. We're just making sure that the whole workflow works here. So have some patience with us as we're testing this out and putting it through the paces. Also, for the time being, one DVD per 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 customer, please. Uh, I I I know people want to order ten or a hundred or whatever. We only have a very limited stock at the moment. Again, we will be adding more in the future, but just for the time being, you can have one of each of the DVDs. 
Um, don't try, don't try to order 50 of them all at once. We did. We and we've been giving hints and things. I've been giving out a lot more hints on the Media Monarchy broadcast, but I'm not as popular, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, really, just looking at it as a way again. It's like, oh, you're going to kick us off of PayPal and Patreon. All right, well, we'll just redouble our efforts and set up new platforms and f- hand out physical things. Any number of ways, again, that we can help continue to kind of do this work. James, I think we wanted to start slowly as well because I didn't want it to kind of turn into one of those Kickstarters that you hear about. A million people suddenly ordered your product and you'll never be able to fulfill all of those orders. So we're going a little baby steps, three products. Please go check it out. NewWorldNextWeek.com. James, that is episode 460. Thanks so much, buddy. Absolutely. Thanks. Let's do it again next week. Take care.